I'm James Briarton in Charlotte coming up the 300th episode of the Carolina Weather Group. But first, let's talk about that powerful nor'easter which affected the coast this weekend, including here in North Carolina and South Carolina, where the North Carolina Department of Transportation is still working to reopen roads along the Outer Banks, one of the hardest hits locations. Right there on NC-12 near Oregon Inlet, where water and sand just piled up on the roadways. Those roads will reopen once it's safe to do so, but we had some powerful onshore winds that brought lots of water and lots of sand right onto the roadways there. A train spotter near Great Neck reporting about three feet of water inundation. Similar story in North Harlow, an estimated three feet of water inundation from Clubfoot Creek. Those winds pretty powerful at times. Frying Pan Schultz buoy recording a wind gust of 69 miles an hour. Joni Mercer Pier, 59 miles an hour. Oak Island, 49. Little River, South Carolina, 49 miles an hour. And in Wilmington, 47. Not much better in Myrtle Beach, where they saw a wind gust of 44 miles an hour observed at the airport, and this was something that was felt across the entire region. Even as we look further inland, Marion, 45 mile per hour wind gusts, Florence, 39, and I can tell you right here in Charlotte, we had some breezy conditions as well. Again, all from this nor'easter, which was offshore, continuing now to impact portions of the mid-Atlantic and northeast. In Virginia, standing water on Hampton Boulevard in Norfolk, where some water uh, was up to and uh, inundating some cars. Our own Ricky Matthews from that area tweeting earlier on Sunday saying, I don't understand why people keep parking their cars here, especially when you consider that the city had offered free parking and parking garages to try to get some vehicles off the street. We'll talk more about the storm's impacts on an all-new episode of the Carolina Weather Group coming your way this Wednesday night. You can always catch us live at 8.15 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, or Twitch, or, of course, right here on the podcast feed, where, without further introduction, we kick off our 300th episode celebration. Well, good evening. We are live on the Carolina Weather Discussion. This is the video podcast for Wednesday, April 16th, 2014, the day after tax day, a cold tax day across most of the Carolinas. small preview of what's to come this evening. Welcome to the 300th episode of the Carolina Weather Group. I am James Briarton in Charlotte, and we are so happy that you are here with us tonight to celebrate our 300th show. The panel tonight includes, in Charleston, Shea Gibson and Evan Fisher. We have Scotty Powell, who is back with us in the western North Carolina foothills. We have Tim Pounds in the North Augusta area, and our friend, Never to be left out, representing all of our Northeast transplants. He himself still up, braving the cold in New Jersey. Hello to you, Peter, as well. So we're going to bring you at home into this conversation. We want to know if you have any favorite moments from the first 299 episodes of a show that once was called Carolina's Weather Discussion. Scotty, is that what this was called? So, yeah, that's what it was called first. I think... When we originally uh, started doing this, you know, like how we still do our hurricane specials, winter storm specials. This was more just say, hey, it's a bunch of us weather uh, folks who are in the Carolinas and we're going to discuss about upcoming weather. It never was really 
I think intended to become what it is now with us actually doing an interview with guests. So Carolina weather discussion was the name, I think, or maybe a year or two before we kind of transitioned into the Carolina weather group. Well, despite its name change, I think so much of what we do is still very similar representing weather, science, technology, and more from the Carolinas and beyond. So uh, we don't normally do this. This is actually normally something that is uh, reserved for a different weather podcast in the community. But if you have a drink, guys, uh, tonight is the night. Uh, if you want to um, uh, find something, uh, Tim's got a cola or something. But uh, uh, oh, and Scotty's is disappearing in front of his green screen. So we're off to a we're off to a great start. But uh, ginger, ginger, ginger ale, ginger ale. Very nice. So um, let's get to it. We're going to have some special messages from some friends of the show coming up uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but we've asked our panel to send us some of their favorite ideas. I'm not going to open this right this second because I think I just shook it up. But Scotty, uh, you're back with us after uh, a few weeks off. We'll talk maybe a little bit about uh, that coming up because we know we have people who uh, are interested. But uh, do tell us, you were crunching the numbers we've had how many panelists over the years yeah so just a few 300 show facts uh over two uh 20 panelists our first show was december 5th 2013 uh, we've had a, over 125 guests over 100 or over 15 national weather service offices represented on our show uh brad panovich tim buckley you guys know both of those gentlemen pretty well uh, they've been the most appearing guest, and also Patrick Ellis, who wow. once was in Greenville, North Carolina, but now he's in Mississippi, so Patrick's not able to join us as uh, as much as he used to, but Patrick was on our show several times as well. Uh, we've had a guest on from 42 of the 50 states, the only states that we've not had them on. I wrote them down, so if you know anybody in these states, contact them. Nevada, Montana, Wyoming, New Mexico, North and South Dakota, New Hampshire and Vermont. So if you know anybody, any meteorologist in, in those areas, let us know. We need to get on the show so we can finish out the uh, the 50 states. And uh, we've covered anything from droughts to wildfires. I know I was up in McDowell County one night that uh, James was doing some, uh, some live coverage. Flash flood emergency. I know James remembers that night pretty well in McDowell you know County. So, so, so tonight's all about interesting stories, right? So yeah. talking about the flash flood emergency that transpired, this was shortly after my son was born. And so we were on the air like two, three o'clock in the morning and he was sound asleep, like at my feet while we were on the air, we had the Marion camera up. We were talking about, you were at the emergency operations center, but that's, that's a, one of many little behind the scenes t tidbits where he was thankfully quietly sleeping uh, next to me during that. Otherwise very serious and very scary moment, Scotty, that you reflected in our 2018 year in review. Yeah. You know, James, that was the first time, you know, we've seen flash flood emergencies for many locations. In fact, the uh, folks in the Midlands of South Carolina, all too familiar with that, with the 2015 storm that actually brought Shay onto the show. Um, How long has as, Shay been here? Yes, Shay, you, you joined us after the Joaquim episode, right? I mean, we had you on as a guest, and then we liked you so much, we was like, hey, come back. Now, that's about right. Yeah, it was uh, 2015 uh, when, when that flooding event happened in October. And so I had started uh, a little bit before that, came on as a guest from Weatherflow, and I'm still with Weatherflow, and... Uh, talking about sea breeze activity and just our winds along the Southeast region in general. So it's been a, it's been a fun ride with all of you guys. And as we march on to 400, right? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, 400 is very, uh, very attainable. But, um, but uh, yeah, well, so our was... friend Joey, our friend Joey was along for many of those first shows, and he's watching tonight and commenting. How has it been long enough for 300 shows? Um, all I will say is I think I wasn't on the first 200 shows, but I think when you guys started, I still had hair. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think you, my hair we, looked like Evan. I mean, let's we, be let's be real. My hair. I've got looked, luscious locks. Yeah, but actually, um, you know who had really great hair? Scotty. I mean, everyone. It's Look at this. I mean, no one can be. Welcome to the Carolina's weather group. I am Scotty. meteorologist Scotty Powell Joey's here at Earth Weather. Right and he, boy, he have we got to about my hair. You know, that was that was a young Scotty Powell. Look at that, a little bit more slender than what I am now. That's what age does to you, I guess. Oh, that's that might also that might also be true. Somewhere around here, we've got another clip of. Um, we need to pull up Ricky Matthews. Yeah, Ricky Matthews. Wait, let's pull Ricky back up. He is not on to defend himself tonight. Well, good evening. We are live. But I mean, he's got he's got these like bangs that are just kind of cut right across the top of his forehead. I don't think that's his current haircut, so I think it's safe for me to. But that's that's Ricky there in 2014. So that's about the time you guys kick things off. So talk about those early days, Scotty. Talk about those early days. Well, I remember the the first show was about a potential ice event um, that was going to happen in the Carolinas and. Um, we all got together. We all ran, and I know this is kind of a weird thing because we talk about how social media weather pages uh, really get a lot of hits, even if they don't give out the best information. But well, we were a bunch of weather pages, but I, th I feel like we were all responsible. And so we all got together. We all had this little weather community. Uh, James, you're familiar. You work at WCNC now. They have uh, the Storm Spotter program, the first one Storm Spotter. So all of us was a part of that, and we got to chat. And we're like, how about we just kind of do a discussion? Uh, Kenneth Reese was up in the uh, the Boone and Watauga County area. Myself uh, in Burke County. Uh, Joey was in Catawba County. Uh, Steve Monday in Rowan County. We had Ricky down at UNC Charlotte. Uh, Brad Panovich on. Daniel Crawley in McDowell County. So we all kind of got together. I uh, kind of gave our two cents worth of, of the upcoming uh, winter weather event. I think we had another one a couple weeks later. And so we really got a lot of folks at the time. It was all streamed on YouTube. We didn't have Facebook Live or Periscope anything it like just that didn't exist and, yeah it didn't exist and, and so many people were like we really dig this you know you're doing this more on a localized um area james you can attest living in the tv world you know you guys have three minutes to cover 22 counties you also can't do this in the tv world yeah you I can't can't, can't drink a hard cider <laughs> but you know we were able to kind of localize it and i think a lot of folks really jumped into it and was like well let's start doing this more often so I'd say probably the first six months, it was just more talking about upcoming weather events. Uh, and then we kind of dove into bring it on guest onto the show. Brad Panovich, always, uh, always been a friend of ours. And he, uh, he was on the first show and, and really was, uh, we've booked him a lot lately too. And he's yeah, always very yeah. gracious with this time. Uh, yeah. one so of he the, was a big supporter of it. Uh, and still is. Yes. Um, one of the founding fathers of this little niche on the internet is James Spann, as mm -hmm. I think many of you are aware. We've done 300. I think he's done a, a, a thousand. Yeah. Weather so, Brains has been going a long time. That's right. Weather Brains has been going a very long time. Um, you guys managed to book him in the early days. Yep. One year into the show, we got James Spann. We're like, how did that happen? How did we get James Spann? <laughs> and we've only been doing this a year. How did that really happen, cool Scotty? Interview. You know, 
Ricky uh, Matthews has a, a great relationship with James, and I think Ricky actually went down to Birmingham and did some uh, mentoring, some just behind-the-scenes stuff, and was able to secure James Finn, and I think we have a clip from his show here. So, you know, it's it's kind of a hybrid. You take part of the weather service products, and, and you do your own stuff to, to make it personable. You know, the, you know the, the weather service can't call out landmarks. You know, a tornado is 14 miles southwest of Clanton. Nobody knows where that is. Even if you live in that county, you don't know where that is. But if you tell them it's at Jim's Pit Barbecue, everybody knows where that is if you live there. And sometimes you might call out a, a big landowner's property, a private barn. The Weather Service can't do that. I've got the freedom to do that, and I try and take advantage of that. And again, that's not... They just can't. It's just apples and oranges. There's some things the Weather Service can do that I can't and vice versa, but we just all have to work together toward the same end result, which is being sure people know what's coming and be sure they're in a safe place. I like Joey in the comments. We straight ripped him off, and we told him so. And you know what? I think, I think what's that expression? Uh, like, flattery? Yes. Yeah, so what is it? Uh, um Flattery is like the biggest compliment or something. Right, copying you know, something. Like, is yeah. A, yeah, so we, we owe him a lot. And and luckily, this space has really grown, and we've seen that with, with Podcast Awareness Month. But but tell me a little bit more about that show, Scotty. So he's talking about um, the the things that broadcast Mets can do that the weather service can't necessarily. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, everybody, if you're in the weather world, you, you're definitely attuned to the super outbreak of April 27, 2011. And so kind of leading into that conversation we were talking about just the how he goes about approaching severe weather days like april 27th and uh james and i, I think for all of us here on the panel who who follow him um he's very personable and, and so you know he was talking about in a typical severe thunderstorm warning tornado warning they'll say a storm's located 14 miles southwest of given town and a lot of folks don't know that a lot of folks we have come to learn through our own severe weather coverage they can't really point to where they are on a map, but James goes about it a little bit differently. He'll actually go into that community. He'll go hang out with the folks and, and kind of learn some landmarks, you know, like Joe's barbecue shop, or uh, we always talk about the dollar general on, on the corner of uh, the corner of the road near the post office. So James really gets in depth with these communities. So when he does uh, go on TV and he's doing these uh, severe weather break-ins and, and, sometimes long day coverage of just back-to-back -back severe weather events, he's able to kind of personalize it so folks can kind of get a better idea of where these storms are, are located. And that was perfectly um, the example that happened on, on the April 27th tornado that went through Tuscaloosa. He was able to pinpoint, you know, this is uh, near the campus of University of Alabama. This is near the bookstore and, and so on and so forth. So uh, it's something that I, I try to, you know, try to copy as I'm doing severe weather events is try to make it per personalized because, you know, if a fo folks may not know, and I, I live, I've lived in Morganton all my life. And if someone says it's down North Green Street, and I have to think, well, where is North Green Street? But if they say, well, it's near the post office, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know where it's at. So I try to make it more personalized. And, and I've honestly copied that from James. And I just think he does a great job. Um, doing that during severe weather coverage. And I think it's really helpful um, for the folks who are, are dependent on that information to stay safe. Go ahead, Evan. I saw you're, you were about to hop in there. Oh, I've got a great, great thought on severe storm coverage, but it's not about span. So I'll let it simmer and marinate for a few minutes. <laughs> okay. So, so let's, let's talk about this because we're talking about 
uh, broadcast meteorologists. There have been many on this show uh, covering severe weather. And, and you guys, uh, Scotty, in the early days with Ricky Matthews and, and Joey and, and some of the other folks who have uh, come in and gone with the show over the years, uh, we're talking about the 2011 super outbreak. And I'm going to ask you to set up this clip. Um, that you submitted for tonight's show because I thought it really kind of tugged at the heartstrings and kind of really drove home the point that everybody is a part of this community, as James Spann does so well at his station, that even the folks on TV can be affected by what's happening. So I hope Joey's watching right now. And if I he think is, he, he is. Can, I think he can chime in on the comments because he was in on this conversation. So what you're about to see is Mark Prater. Mark Prater is, is, was the uh, chief meteorologist at the CBS station in, in Birmingham. Uh, we asked Mark to come on to talk about his perspective of April 27th. Uh, I will say this is probably the most emotional show that we've done throughout almost the six years that we've been doing this. Uh, Mark gets pretty personal with how um, that tornado and just that day in general really just changed um, how he sees storm coverage and, and how he how he's able to um, do severe weather outbreaks. And I see uh, Joey just said this is good. Uh, you know, Mark had a great interview, and, and what you're going to hear is the personal stories that when he went into this community after tornado, how it really affected him and um, how it honestly probably could affect anyone who covers these, these major severe weather outbreaks. The husband was running down the stairs behind his wife and the suction was so bad from that tornado that it literally started to lift him up and try to pull him back out. And they were telling this whole story and she said, well, my brother was on TV and they didn't, they're like, we were watching him. So I got, you know, I, I keep thinking maybe I need to write a book about it. But, um, you know, it's hard to really, I honestly, I don't watch the video of me doing the coverage. It's just, it's, it puts a pit in your stomach and, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a, a tragic thing. And, and I, I hate to say that it affects me like that because I was standing in a TV studio, but these are people that I know. These are people that I go see and talk to and trust me and I know they're watching and, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's very difficult and I, reoccurring nightmare that I was having with this it just got to the point where it was really affecting me and um, I ended up going and getting a tattoo of um, the date just to see if that made a difference which it did ironically and uh, so in in memoriam of uh, those people um, you know it, they all died on all of our watches and uh, you know it I don't want to take any claim or credit for it but uh, it certainly did help me to feel like I've connected with those people in my heart and and I don't forget. That's the most important thing is we not forget any of those people because you know there were there are children, there were you know elderly, there were husbands, wives, daughters, kids, and um, I think it would be an, an injustice to forget those people who um, we lost that day. Scotty, that's some pretty heavy, serious stuff he's talking about there. Yeah, it is, and you know the tattoo that he's got now will be you know, forever remembered the folks who, who, who passed away. Uh, I've never experienced that. Living here in Western North Carolina, you know, we're, we don't really see these big massive tornadoes and, and these big severe weather outbreaks. But it brings me to our next clip. And I'm sorry, mine all seem to revolve around tornadoes. But uh, we had Damon Lane on. Damon Lane, a, a good friend of our show and uh, really appreciate his time. 
Uh, he was the uh, the new chief meteorologist in Oklahoma City when the May 20th uh, Moore tornado, uh, Moore Oklahoma tornado went through um, the area and Damon lives in Moore. And in fact, what you're getting ready to see is the conversation that he was having with his wife as he was trying to conduct severe weather coverage live on TV. I believe this was the year after you become the chief there at KOCO. Uh, and this one really had effects on you because on May 20th, you know, you're, you're doing severe weather coverage, but you're also communicating with your wife because this, this EF5 tornado is, is almost in your neighborhood. May 20th, and look at the, the information and the dry line is pretty much just a little bit farther west of Oklahoma City. I kissed my wife at the time, you know, it was just my wife and I and our dogs. We didn't have a child at the time. And I, I kissed her goodbye and I said, hey, you know, um, might be a long day. So at about noon, I sent her a text message and I said, hey, you probably want to go home early today. Storms, I you're going to go up about one, two, three o'clock. You don't want to be on the roads when these storms are going up. Suddenly a storm's going up and we're in our coverage and I look down and my wife had just sent me a text message and she said, hey, uh, you know, what's going on? And I, at this point, the storm's already, you know, hooking up and I'm like, get home now. And so she's going home, I'm on air, this huge tornado is happening. And suddenly I get another text message from her and she says, I'm trying to race home really fast. I can see the tornado behind me. And this tornado is coming right into our neighborhood. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out off camera because I'm not knowing, you know, whether or not uh, you know, my wife is going to make it or if my house is still going to be there. But I knew that I can't freak out on television. If the meteorologist is freaking out, how are you supposed to stay calm, you know? Well, I didn't hear from her for a little while. And as a matter of fact, the very first time that I actually heard her voice was live on air. Um, I gave my phone to my general manager and I said, get my wife like on the phone. And, uh, and she went on air and she's like, it looks like a war zone in our neighborhood. Uh, you know, there's there's no way that you can ever prepare yourself for how to handle yourself on television when there's a natural disaster happening, you know, whether it's a EF5 tornado or a hurricane. Scotty, I'm so glad you submitted that clip because that clip was on my mind as well, too. That show really stuck out. Not only is it a very serious event, it's very personal, and I think really pulls back that curtain because again, these when you're watching severe weather coverage at home, you're not watching something unless it's the Weather Channel doing national coverage. You're not watching something that's being piped in. You're watching street-level data from a meteorologist who's trying to save lives. These people are in your community, and the ones who, quite frankly, shine are the ones who really live and breathe those communities and put down roots and... I think that's exactly what Damon's talking about there. Definitely so. And I mean, I, I, you know, being in front of the green screen and, and we all, you know, at the time we didn't know how serious this tornado was going to be, but now history tells us, you know, this was a, a major tornado. Uh, but can you imagine like your loved ones, like you're, you're trying to get this word out to the hundreds of thousands of people who are watching you, but you're also worried about your wife, uh, his dogs and your neighbors. I mean, you know, he was talking about parts of the neighborhood, you know, had received a lot of damage. And so, you know, your neighbor down the street, their house could have been totally destroyed. And so it's just a lot of emotion and, and just how you have to compose yourself um, doing this. And 
you know, it's just, uh, I thought that was a great story uh, from Damon and, and just kind of talking about that process. And it's something that uh, none of us ever want to face, but, you know, especially if you live out in Oklahoma, there's going to be times if you're doing severe weather coverage, it definitely could be affecting your neighborhood. Reading more of your comments here at 9 o'clock as we carry on with the 300th anniversary special or the 300th episode celebration of the Carolina Weather Group. Former panelist Joey watching from here in North Carolina saying losing somebody on your watch is absolutely the hardest thing about being in this community. And I think that is uh, pretty well said. You're listening to the Carolina Weather Group's 300th episode celebration. More of our favorite moments and your conversation when we return. Carrying on with the 300th episode of the Carolina Weather Group, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Our panel is here, and we are reminiscing about our first 299 episodes. We had a couple other broadcast Mets who came on the program uh, over the years, and uh, Shay, you actually had a hand in bringing on one of the biggest stars in the weather community, uh, we had Jim Cantori on, and uh, he was talking about the 2017 hurricane season. Before we go to that clip, you know, I think that's a show that stands out for us because, like the people at home, we are weather nerds and we get, frankly, starstruck. I think that's safe to say. And uh, that show is one I think that stands out in all our minds every time I say, okay, guys, what were your favorite episodes? Everyone lists five, but almost everyone includes that Jim Cantori show, and I think, I think it stands out for you as well, Shay. No, it definitely does. I think one thing that we, we kind of find that with getting, um, you know, having guests on the show is we realize working in the community um, kind of side by side with a lot of these folks that you're just you're just really part of one big team. It's not about popularity so much as getting the word out. I and mean, some folks have more exposure on TV. Others have hardly any exposure and they're in the private community. Um, but how we all blend together and work together is, is how we all get to know each other. And so. Um, you know, just working even with weather flow through partnerships and making contact with these folks, it all helps. So a lot of them are very open to coming on the Carolina Weather Group because um, the, the footprint that we've made in the community and having quality guests on, quality shows, good information um, being shared out, it really helps the cause. And so folks want to come on. You know, and I have uh, Rob Fowler to thank, my, my friend here in Charleston. He really kind of said, hey. Um, you know, his time's limited. He does so much, you know, and he's on broadcast most nights. But he said, you should check in with the Carolina, Carolina Weather Group guys, man. They have a lot going on, and you might be a good fit with them. And I don't know what your schedule is, but I, um, so hats off to Rob for, for pointing me in this direction. So it's been an exciting uh, adventure having all these really unique guests on. So, yeah, I mean, Jim, Jim was definitely – he's going to be back with us next month. And uh, we'll, we'll recap 2019 and go over some, some more events with him. But – that was a good show because not only do we have um, he was able to carve out some of his time to join us, but also give us some insight into his thoughts on some of the tropical patterns that were going on for, for that year. Let's take a listen. What does that tell you? We have we have very deep uh, ocean heat content, you know, so th that's a little bit of an alarm that we, I think we need to look into. You know, why didn't we get upwelling? Uh, and so what Shay's leading to, guys, is the fact that you, when you get these storm tracks, especially with powerful hurricanes in their wind field, they're going to essentially pull up the cooler water from below. But the, the problem is, is there's so much hot water deep into the ocean. There wasn't. OK, fine. You, you, you went from um, 30 Celsius to, to 28 Celsius or 26 Celsius. That's still plenty warm enough to support 
you know, tropical development, especially given the fact that if you look at the main development region and the shear for uh, really July, August and September and even into early October, there was no shear. So these things had free reign to just explode and go bonkers. But I think, you know, ocean heat content and these warm ocean waters that we had this year set the tone. And then the fact that the shear essentially just stopped. Now you've got a chance to to uh, get a big monster. And, and unfortunately, we got three of them. And there's another reason. Well, that show stands out in my mind. Is that the Starbucks show? It is. It has to do with this guy <laughs> off to my screen left. Because in order to get on this show, I had to drive from a business meeting in southern Jersey to Peter's personal Starbucks. And him and I That's right. sat together in the back of the Starbucks and did the show live together. Not only is it a huge guest, but Peter and I got to meet and do the – he didn't bring me a, a Cinnabon though, guys. I didn't. No, so I didn't. I know. Speaking of Cinnabon, let me tell you all who are watching. Peter actually got Cinnabon. They actually like our social media accounts. Like Cinnabon, PDQ. We have all these different (laughs) restaurants that somehow this was a weather podcast, but also kind of a a food podcast as well, Peter. I mean, you've got all these folks following us now. I I don't know how. I mean, you know, but uh, it's good advertising. So speaking of that, I do have a Cinnabon tonight. Well, both, I guess. Uh, <laughs> to our millions of viewers that we have, right? Uh, speaking of Cinnabon tonight, I had to, I already ate a little bit of it. It looks disgusting, but little Cinnabon tonight. That's great to advertising. The show. Hey, everybody, yeah, that really, look at this. It looks disgusting. Like eating it in between the clips. Listen, so, you he's know. doing that so people won't go get Cinnabon so he can just go get more. That's right. That's the this cold, thing. wintry weather. I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Um, I think it's time that we um, take a message from our friends. We have met so many people doing this show over 300 episodes over six years. Uh, we we couldn't possibly uh, play a message from each and every – how many guests did we have, Scotty? Uh, well, you know, I while I was in the hospital, I was doing some calculating. I got at least 135, but I'm sure there's a few more that I, I just lost in, in looking back through things, but at least 135 different guests so far. All right, well, here is a small snapshot of some of them who we are very grateful sent their best wishes and words of celebration for tonight. Hey, this is James Spann. 300 episodes of the Carolina Weather Group. 300 and they said it wouldn't last. What do these people know? Hey, congratulations. That's a milestone. A lot of folks uh, don't make it that long, but the, the show's great, great content, great discussion. So thanks for your uh, work on the podcast for these 300 episodes. And let's go 300 more. What do you say? Congratulations. Hi, I'm Ian Jamanko, meteorologist at the Insurance Institute for Business and Home Safety. Congratulations, Carolina Weather Group, on 300 shows. Outstanding job, and keep up the good work. Hey, this is Jared Rennie. I'm a research meteorologist for the North Carolina Institute for Climate Studies. Uh, I work in a building that has 38 petabytes of data. That is a pretty amazing number, but you know what's a more amazing number? 300. Congratulations, Carolina Weather Group. Hey, Carolina Weather Group, congratulations on your 300th episode. You guys are doing great work here in the Western Carolinas, and we appreciate everything you do. Keep it going, my friends. 
300 episodes. What an honor it has been to be part of those. Just a few, of course, sharing good meteorological data and stories, and we all are certainly learning from one another. That's great. Check this out. You know how to put on a jacket? Look how cold it is outside. 300. Carolina Weather Group, you're old now. And isn't that good? We hope you keep on doing your thing each and every Wednesday night. Happy to be invited from time to time to talk about triad weather. And thanks for all that you do to spreading weather awareness out the Carolinas. Keep it up, guys. Hey, everybody. I'm Ed Piotrowski. I'm the Chief Meteorologist at ABC 15 and Myrtle Beach. And congratulations to the Carolinas Weather Group on their 300th show. You guys provide such an awesome service to the Carolinas. We thank you very much, and we wish you another 300 great shows and many, many more. Congratulations to all of you. Thanks again for everything you do. Hey, this is MJ, Mark Johnson, from the Stormfront Freaks podcast, wishing the Carolina Weather Group a happy 300th episode. Hey, this is Dr. John Scott from WeatherBrains. Happy 300th show, Carolina Weather Group. Hey, Carolina Weather Group. Happy 300th episode from this WeatherBrains to you. Congratulations, and here's to another 300. This is Greg Carbon. I'm the operations branch chief at the Weather Prediction Center, part of the National Weather Service Centers for Environmental Prediction. Uh, just want to congratulate the Carolina Weather Group for their uh, wonderful shows, number 300. Congratulations to the Carolina Weather Group for 300 shows from all of us here at the National Weather Service in Raleigh. Keep it up, guys. Thanks for all you do here in Central North Carolina and far. Hi, Carolina Weather Group. This is Lauren Carroll. I'm a meteorologist at the National Weather Service at Greenville Spartanburg. All of us here at the office would like to wish you congratulations on your 300th episode. We love discussing everything from weather safety to weather balloons with you, and we wish you guys many more successful episodes. Hey, congratulations, Carolina Weather Group, on your third 300? 300 episode? That's crazy to think. I remember episode number three. I didn't think you'd make it past number three, but you made it to 300. Here's the 300 more. And I love that you guys are sharing your passion with weather and climate with everyone in the Carolinas. Keep it going. I don't know who said it wasn't going to last after episode three. I mean, we clearly had at least five good shows on there, right? I mean, uh, thanks to all of our friends across the enterprise who took the time out to send us a video. We really do appreciate it uh, and happy to have them on tonight as we are celebrating the 300th episode, which, by the way, I did a little research on this, guys. That puts us in the ranks of like law and order and a bunch of other shows like a gun smoke <laughs> um, uh, 300 is, is is a pretty major milestone uh in the, in the production world i mean we're only short of like the daily soap operas and the tonight show which have you know thousands of thousands of episodes so uh again we appreciate everyone who took the time to send a video uh we really do appreciate it and uh we are just uh about halfway through tonight's celebration of our 300th episode here at the carolina weather group um we started off the year pretty strong i think guys uh we had new graphics roll out um and we exp we've you know worked on bringing on a whole boatload of new guests shay tell me why the waffle house index with pat warner stands out in your head besides the fact that we've already talked about we like food you know we love pat warner here right i mean we love everything they do not just not just about the waffle house restaurant but about what they do in the local communities that are, they've undergone hurricane hits um you know, there's damages, powers out, you know, there's, there's just a lot of people in need. And what they do is they sort of, they, they kind of rush in, they get a store open, they get generators going, they start cooking food, they supply food to emergency management 
helpers, anyone that needs it really, and they just pump it out. I mean, they're really, they work, they work their tails off during these storms, uh, these post-storm events to, to keep things moving along and give kind of hope. And so it's even been addressed by the President of the United States. Um, you know, I think at one point Obama was, uh, you know, he addressed it. What, what are they doing? What, you know, what's the Waffle House doing? So, I mean, they have a lot of exposure to that. And not to mention, they do have a team that, that monitors weather and they, they send the word out. Like they really have kind of like their own little meteorology team that they um, um, try to figure out the best time to get in to do things and, and move their logistics, you know, get the logistics around, uh, find out what kind of um, accesses they can have to, to get into these areas, to open these stores. So they worked, they worked pretty hard to do it. I was really impressed. It's glad that he came on to give more insight in that. I'm glad you sent this clip along because it's my absolute favorite. Yeah, other companies are more sophisticated than we are. I, I send them an Excel spreadsheet twice a day. <laughs> and they have to incorporate it in. And, and, and they create a map that has all the, uh, all the, all the private sectors on there. there. There's others that are more uh, tech savvy than we are, but we still do the old-fashioned Excel spreadsheet and share that with them. Uh, and, and it's funny, uh, in, in the last, uh, in the current administration and, and the past administration, we didn't get that spreadsheet in on time, and it was funny because we, uh, we we got a call saying that both President Obama and President Trump were waiting to see the status of the Waffle House restaurants, which that blew our minds because we're thinking, you know, they should be focused on more important things. But uh, we can just say to them, you know, yes, President Trump, they're serving bacon. We're good. Uh, but but so uh, we're updating in real time in that uh, uh, National Business Emergency Operations Center, but, I, but we send them twice a day of, of open, closed update which ones are on generator we actually get in more detail because they, they want to know which ones are on generator which ones are on boil water things like that so it, it's a pretty pretty big spreadsheet yeah so guys that was my first episode with the carolina weather group and i was absolutely mortified um, in case you haven't picked up on it i'm not an operational or i'm sorry i'm not a broadcast uh student i prefer the operational behind the scenes kind of stuff so the idea of coming on a show that I didn't know anyone um, and talking with a very, very important executive, um, both in the uh, Waffle House world and also kind of in the weather world, um, it really shook me to my core. So Evan, I would go ahead. Evan, I was going to say, that's how we do it around. We just throw you to the wolves. I mean, man, you <laughs> sink or swim, buddy. Sink or swim. <laughs> I got a text from Scotty last December. It's almost a year ago now asking if I would come on to be a, a test panelist, I guess you could say. Um, and I was super excited, and it took maybe 24 hours for me to realize what all that was going to entail and, and how I would actually have to talk fluently. Um, and I know I'm glad I finally recovered from that, and I feel like I'm doing a little bit better than when we first started out here. Um, I'm still the new guy. I guess Tim is the newer guy now, uh, but <laughs> it's been a blast. <laughs> no, Evan, you've, you've been great. I mean, it was really nice because College of Charleston started their meteorology degrees, what, three years ago. And, and yeah, so absolutely. You're one of the first – of the generation I think Trevor Gibbs was the first graduate and so you're in the second class coming up um or, or is the second or third class coming up graduating class yeah I believe it's the third and actually third, Trevor, third was just, class. Trevor was just texting me congratulating us on 300 um so it is nice to have that and we're the only meteorology department in the state of South Carolina um so we can use you know all the publicity as well as collaboration that we can get uh, I think it's great. I love that we have that connection to the to the college with the brand new degrees and everything so um yeah you're doing great Plus, Evan was uh, the creator of the Carolina Weather Group on Instagram. So if you don't follow Carolina Weather Group on Instagram, go do that. And he also puts together these really cool time lapse of the uh, snows up in the North Carolina mountains. So 
all that content that you see on our Instagram page, you see the time lapse. That's all Evan. He loves putting that stuff together, and he's just been a great asset, as everyone is on this team. Um, he, he's really brought in. You know, Peter, you you were the youngest one, so we had to we had to switch that off and, and let Evan be the man of these tournaments. That's right. You know, Evan's first show came with goodies because Pat yeah. sent a thank you box yes. after the show. Yeah. And oh, where's so, that hat? I'm going to go put that hat on real quick. Okay, go right ahead. There's no rules. You can just take your laptop and walk. Oh, he's going to turn the camera off. He doesn't want us to see. I'll take it. Okay. I'll take it. Go ahead. You're giving me permission. I mean, so this, this kind of reminds, this? Me, of, this reminds me of the Bob Jeswald uh, show. Oh, yeah, the tour. He, he tour. took us a tour of the weather station. What, you know. Talking to my Christmas tree. Oh. You know, Merry Christmas. But here we go. Here's the hat. We would like to thank Waffle House, Pat Warner. Okay, if I can get it off the hook. You found it a lot faster here than I go. thought you were going to. There it is. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, but all these things, all of our Chase Cation, um, and they're amazing. And we've got shirts as well. Um, so huge thanks to Pat and uh, everyone over there at Waffle House for providing us with these. Don't go far. We have more of our 300th episode celebration on this week's Carolina Weather Group coming up after this very very short break, I promise. I promise that break would be short. We're back now with the Carolina Weather Group's 300th episode celebration. Evan was a big part of our first Chasecation this year. You guys went to the Central Plains and did ankle. exactly what the name sounds like. What was that, Scotty? I broke my ankle while I was out there. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you, I promise. We have zero workers comp. That's right. Evan looked over, he saw me laying on the ground, he's like, dude, are you okay? And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> it was in the flattest terrain possible, easily the least stressful uh, situation of the trip. Um, Scotty's on the ground. <laughs> we were looking at we were looking at little uh, prairie dogs and <laughs> just yeah. decided to fall down and break my ankles. So. But you, you came back with good video. Yes, yeah, I mean, it was a blast. I, Oh, yeah. That, uh, you know, experiencing that, Evan, if, if I had to break an ankle, that was fun because it was an absolute blast. Something I've never been able to do. I've always wanted to do. And, break your ankle? Uh, not break my ankle. <laughs> I've done that before. I didn't, you know, this is the second time. I don't, it's not as fun as the first time, you know. You kind of don't get as much sympathy when you tell me, I just fell out and flat, you know, flat surface. So, But we saw <laughs> some amazing tornadoes and got some amazing videos. So it was oh, yeah. Worth it. Absolutely. I think, what, 13 tornadoes in total? Yeah, um, I mean, 5, we were on the miles. we were on the ground for 20 minutes, and we we're already seeing tornado warnings issued. So. Yeah, it was amazing. Should we roll the clip? We should. Yeah. So you can hear the tornado sirens are going off here in Sterling, Colorado. It's the first time I've ever experienced tornado sirens. Here's the tornado warning cell right here. Hey, hey, right there, ground circulation across the field. Right there, look. Yep, 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 yep. There's your tornado right there. And then actually roped out to this little tiny pencil. Uh, it was a crazy storm, and then we watched that storm continue to track, and we've, we've got just the uh, preliminary data from the National Weather Service in Wichita, Kansas. It was an EF2. Uh, but we are here in uh, just outside of Breckenridge, Colorado. And, Evan, um, we've been chasing tornadoes, hail, flood, now it's snowing and grappling. As you can see, it is really uh, coming down and it's. So yeah, you guys did absolutely come back with some great footage there. Next time, try not to break your ankle though. 
Yeah, you know. And, and you know, doing it, I would do it all over, even if it required me breaking ankle, I would, I would still do it all over again. You know, Evan, we got to see so so much of the country that you know, we don't we were twenty minutes or twenty miles from the Mexico border chasing storms in who's you know, South Texas out of all places. Uh, I know you had a migraine headache that day, so it wasn't the best day for you. But that was horrible. But you know, I came around and we saw some cool stuff. And truthfully, I think my favorite part of the trip was just getting to drive. The tornadoes were amazing and the weather was amazing. But seeing that much of the country, uh, something like twelve states, yeah, um, was just unreal. I've never been out there before, um, except for the mountains of Colorado. So it was unique. I'll, I'll tell, tell you me how, how was your diet the whole time. <laughs> Oh, gosh, it was horrible. I mean, strictly gas station food. Gas station food. It was like we when we got to Oklahoma City, I think it was on a Friday. Uh, we we went to um, was a Texas Roadhouse or something. And like Evan, like Evan's a small guy. If you've never met Evan before, he's a, he's a small guy. And he like orders his like 20 ounce steak and he just like devout. I mean, it's gone. It's, it's all yep. of it. It's gone. Like he. And then he's like, he's like, oh, I feel terrible. I felt terrible, but it was a 22-ounce steak, a large fry, a large mac See? and cheese, and a loaded potato um, all in one sitting. And he cleaned it, was he worth cleaned it. it out. He did. But, um, you know, Evan, another from that trip, and we can move on, uh, non-weather-related thing is it was our second day, and we stayed in some small town in Kansas. This was before our big tornado day. And it was like really cold outside the, uh, that morning the hotel had like the fireplace going and we walked outside and it was already a breezy day because of the, the jet stream really cranking up as that to drive the severe weather. And we walked out and I guess we were beside a cow farm and it's just a <laughs> smell of cow manure. And it's like, we complained about it. And this lady's like, yeah, this is what we smell every morning. And I was like, God bless you all for that because it was yeah. terrible. <laughs> One last thing on that topic is, and I see Peter's kind of mentioning it. I'm not going to go into that much detail, but the hotels were, some were excellent and some were rather disturbing. Um, we had what, blood on the walls in one of them. Um, so it was quite the experience. It was. Um, you know, uh, the uh, the hotel we stayed in, I think it was Tulsa. No, uh, Wichita. It was like the heat just was cranking oh. in there. We couldn't get it. was like 80 <laughs> degrees in there at night. It was like, good Lord, it was terrible. But yeah, we, we had some good experiences and some not so good experiences. That's what happens on Chasecation. I'm, I'm watching our internal chat, and you guys are being very nice to those hotels because it sounds <laughs> like you could be saying much, much more. Um, we, we want sponsorships, you know. If Marriott wants to roll out some sponsorship, we'll definitely take it. <laughs> a loft, that was the one. That's right. Really? That's the best one. I that's haven't had a problem with that one. Uh, no, it was good. It was good. No, oh, was that was good. a good one. Oh, it was okay. by far the best one we had. All, all that trip. makes so much more sense. Well, your staycation is an excellent example of weather caught on camera. One of the many things we like to do here at the Carolina Weather Group and our friends at WeatherStem had a camera perfectly positioned to capture a wet microburst in Raleigh this past July. Take a listen. You want to show us that cool footage that uh, you guys stumbled upon on yesterday? Yeah, we just mentioned a moment ago the uh, possibility for microburst in the forecast for Thursday. Check out this video from Tuesday in Raleigh captured by the WeatherStem camera atop the North Carolina State University's 
Carter-Finley Stadium. You can see the microburst. That's the thunderstorm there collapsing and those winds coming rushing out of the storm like a center column that then hits the ground and fans out. The National Weather Service tells us two to three trees in Oak Park community were downed because of this storm. And so it's a great visualization to what we are so often trying to tell you is that a microburst like you're seeing here on the screen from this weather stem camera can cause trees to come down or potentially cause even other damage. Sometimes that damage gets confused for a tornado. It can be so severe and this camera guys just happened to be in the right place at the right time recording as we witness this wet microburst in Wake County on Tuesday. And again, an amazing visual captured by that weather stem camera and and let me mention if you're listening to our podcast i don't want you to feel left out at all we have these visuals for you in the broadcast visual edition of the carolina weather group which you can find each and every week on youtube uh so at, at your leisure you can always uh, check out some of these uh these visuals uh the next one stands out in my mind as well guys uh, you know, a wet microburst can be very serious, if I recall correctly. Uh, that one that was captured uh, brought down a couple trees, but but nothing all too serious. Uh, we did have a very serious tornado outbreak here in the Carolinas last April, and you may recall we were on the air for hours on end covering these storms. Well, a DOT camera outside of Orangeburg captured what was later confirmed to be a tornadic system. Moving across Interstate 26. Listen as we covered this storm this past April. It tore down buildings and trees and left a path of destruction 400 yards wide. This one in particular sticks out in our minds because we were live on the air as this tornado crossed Interstate 26. We believe we've captured the rain-wrapped tornado crossing the interstate. You won't see the actual tornado itself because like all of the storms across the region that day, they were rain-wrapped, meaning there was a wall of rain around the actual tornado. But nonetheless, you can see the heavy winds the heavy rain, and the impact it made as it crossed this very busy section of road. Take a look. This has got to be 60 miles hour winds moving through. Yeah, that, I, I believe that. This is moving through very quickly. This, and again, this tornado, if there's a tornado in here, it's going to be rain-wrapped. Um, and it's going. It looks like if there's a circulation, it's crossing I-26 right now. Let's, um, I've got the radar. Um, can we double box this? Let's see. I've got the velocities up right now on radar in Orangeburg. Uh, let me get that screen share for you all. This is the uh, velocities. Right here is Interstate 26. So right here is what we are watching. I would assume right in this area is the video uh, that you see the, uh, the rain really moving in as well as the, the, the circulation rotation being um, shown here on uh, how we are Interstate 26 in Orangeburg, Jared. So, again, one of the examples of weather caught on camera here at the uh, Carolina Weather Group. Uh, that was a day where so much of our team was uh, on the air with you covering it, and I know a lot of our team uh, members want to reflect on that as well, too. Yeah, I think, Scott, it wasn't that the day that you had to take cover during live storm uh, storm coverage because of a tornado? Yeah, Evan. I, in fact, I think it was a three-day span. You guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it started that Friday afternoon we had – a few tornado warnings, which one was in my house at my house. And then that Saturday with what you guys just saw, that was the major day. We had another tornado warning here. So I've, I've lived here, you know, Morganton all my life. And I can remember, you know, a handful of tornado warnings, but I've never had any 
you know, back to back days. So uh, that was crazy. And, you know, I've never really had to take shelter because if the tornado warning was issued, it was normally off to my east, but this was the first time that the warning actually included my house. So I think we've got some video of uh, me heading to shelter by covering the tornado warnings. We're going to go uh, seek shelter and I'll be back uh, momentarily. Scotty Powell, thank you very much. Best to you guys. We'll check in with you after the storm. Uh, we will continue to monitor what is uh, this live shot inside uh, Scotty's residence there in Morganton as he has now moved uh, he and his family to a safe location. Hey, James, I'm, I'm here in my safe place. Uh, I'm, the, the potential tornado may track just south of my location, so I'm going to watch it on radar for the next little bit, and I may... Uh, come back up into my office and join you guys. But again, I just wanted to check in here uh, from the safe place. This is where uh, this is where I seek shelter. Uh, this is an interior uh, bathroom and, and closet in my basement. Uh... So, Scotty, uh, <laughs> in all of your years of doing this, first, second time you had to do that back to back. Yeah, that was the first time I've ever had to do it back to back. I remember one other time. It was actually the September or the April 27, 2011 tornado outbreak that we had a tornado warning through here. But uh, that was the first time back to back and only the third time that I remember, you know, of being in shelter for a tornado warning. So um, can I admit it that I did, I did what do what every southerner does before? Like I did go down to shelter. You actually seen the video, but I did peek outside first to see if I could see anything oh, away from the windows, man. I know, but I, hey, I'm being truthful. Just go downstairs. <laughs> I mean, Don't worry good, about it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you guys had the video of my chair here, so if you'd have seen it flying away, you would have known something crazy was going on. <laughs> um, I submitted a clip uh, for tonight's show. This stuck out in my mind. Hurricane Florence, obviously a big event, um, but we had Mark Setathon. Uh, he's a good friend of our show. Always shows up with amazing visuals of mother nature and he did not disappoint when he debuted uh footage here on the carolina weather group of the force of hurricane florence along the coast take a look set it up thursday afternoon early and this is surf city north carolina this is the first time anybody has seen this video actually uh, we were not able to retrieve it and get it out to the world in time and then michael happened so here it is debuting live um, that is storm surge coming over the dune there in Surf City. The GoPro did fantastic. It recorded just as it should have, um, you know, high definition in 720p. Now we can do it at 1080, it's even better. Um, and that surge takes out the dunes, the waves do, one at a time, one wave at a time until finally the dunes are gone. Just an amazing perspective stuck there on that utility pole uh, it, you know, there's hardly any vibration or anything and to document without having to be there, there's no way any storm chaser can film something like this. And it's not an indictment against us. You know, we're all included. Who's going to do that? You can't, it's not possible. This is how you do it. So Mark said up joining us, uh, what, I don't know if we mentioned this in the show, maybe we did, maybe we didn't, but that was actually the first time anyone had ever seen that uh, GoPro footage of the storm surge um, affecting the coast. So uh, kind of some groundbreaking video. Uh, if you don't follow Mark, we, we encourage you to do it. Uh, he's a great follow on Twitter, uh, very tropical oriented. 
Uh, and he's also got a few uh, movies, documentaries out on Amazon Prime. So just type in Mark Suddeth, uh, Into the Storm, I think, or, or something related to that title. Uh, and you can kind of see his documentary from last year with Hurricane Michael, which is spectacular. We had Mark on the show uh, a few months ago, but um, great, uh, a great follow there. And we were really, uh, really happy to have groundbreaking video that no one had seen uh, before being aired on our show. And shape with that tropics uh, living at the coastline, we see the storm surge, but we also have been talking, especially with you and, and Jared living in Charleston and Evan, uh, just the flooding that we see in Charleston all the time. And it doesn't have to be raining. You sometimes you have sunny day flooding. And I know you uh, had a, a good friend of yours come on the show and kind of talk about that. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, sea level rise is something that's been sort of an issue for several years now it's been getting you know we're seeing more flooding events more inundation salt water um, where your normal tide table it's rarely ever correct anymore i mean we're just seeing higher tides um, and then you add a little bit of wind to it in the right conditions and then you get flooding and, and so anything when you get up to like the 7.5 foot range for the charleston area it's different the tides a little higher as you go down the coast towards georgia and i think jekyll island is like the highest point but um for our area and all up and down the, the southeast region, up and down the east coast for that matter, we're all um, being subjected to routine flooding over and over again. It's becoming, there's more and more events this year. I think we're up to like 93 flooding events and that, that's anything over 7.0 feet. So we had Doug Marcy come on um, a couple of years back to discuss sea level rise and some of the findings at that time. And that was before the 2018 report came out that he talked about how the, um, uh, you know, Carbon dioxide being trapped in the atmosphere, I say, think like 4,000 parts per million is, is contributing to some, some heating uh, of the global, on the global scale. And um, so that's, that has a lot to do with some of the sea level rise in our area. But, you know, we talked about um, mycoast.org and this multi-state initiative to, to develop, uh, um, you know, the, the kind of things like how, how to build along the coast, how to manage that, uh, how to mitigate risks. and. Um, you know, basically he spoke to that. So he was, it was a very good resource to have come on the show. It's always an honor to have someone from NOAA with his expertise to come on to talk about sea level rise. He's pretty much the main go-to guy for coastal services here in Charleston. Um, again, my colleagues at uh, Billy Sweet does some, has done some great work on this. You look at these top 10 U.S. cities, uh, Charleston's one of them. Uh, you guys live in some of these cities. 400% uh, increase we've seen uh, since the 50s. Philadelphia, Baltimore, 900% increase. So this is real. This is happening, um, you know, in our lifetime kind of stuff. So, and, um, and if you look out like these tipping points, when are we going to start to see more than 30 days a year? By when? Like under what scenario you can start to say by the, by the 2020s, you know, unless we start to, to, to put some serious money into the infrastructure improvement, we're going to start to not be able to use some of these areas. So, Shay, obviously an important show, you living along the coast. We had Peter and his classmates on talking about coast and climate not too long ago. So, you know, even Peter, you're in New Jersey, despite our name. Uh, we bring you on because we want that perspective. We want your insight. But also we have so many transplants from the Northeast. But really, the things we talk about here in the Carolina are not necessarily exclusive to the Carolina. And that's what your group is, is also looking at. 
That's right. Um, we started a climate group. If you watched the show a couple of weeks ago, um, all about Atlantic City and the Jersey Shore, uh, how climate change and just different weather events are affecting those areas. And uh, even up here, uh, you know, you guys are mentioning down in Charleston and stuff, but even up here, uh, we're dealing with some flooding events, even with just high tide and stuff. Uh, it's really affecting people down there uh, as far as damaging their homes and they have to make their houses higher up off the ground. And it's just a whole big mess down there. And uh, really, it takes a lot of money and the government doesn't want to help. So they're really dealing with a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, any big storm we get, snowstorms, hurricanes, whatever, uh, they really deal with a lot of nasty stuff down there uh, between damage and it's just it's bad. Well, we appreciate that perspective um, because it really is a much bigger problem that we're all going to be um, facing together. Um, let me see here uh, as I take a look as we're coming up to just shy of one hour into our 300th episode special here on the Carolina Weather Group. Uh, appreciate all of those of you joining us. Rising Storm says, congratulations, great job. Appreciate you watching us on our YouTube channel. Um, and Cole Cannon says, congratulations from Greenwood. We appreciate that. Um, another clip I had pulled, uh, this one goes back a little while. This is one of the earlier shows I did with you guys uh, when I when I joined. Uh, I was initially a guest and then came on to join you guys each week. We had Dave Malkoff. And I still think maybe second to um, Ian uh, in uh, Chester, who gets to drop hail on houses in a controlled laboratory. He might have the best job in the Carolinas, but Dave Malkoff either has the second job uh, or, or the best job nationwide in the weather industry because he gets to report on all of these cool stories for the Weather Channel about science and technology and the weather. And it just it's just a... Okay, I admit it. I kind of want Dave Malkoff's job, if that's okay with everybody. <laughs> and I think, I think that's probably evident in this clip. Do a lot of reporting on science and technology, and it seems like if you were to be born at any point in history, this is probably the point for you to be born. I mean, this oh, yeah. is such a tech age we're in. I'm looking around your <laughs> office behind you. You've got so much stuff there. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah so, some of this, some of this stuff. That's funny. Yeah, some of this stuff is. Uh, is just kind of an archive, and I could show you some some of these things. Hold on one second. I got to pull my earphones out. But this thing over here, <laughs> this is, and this is how how geeky I actually am. This is from the '80s, and it is actually a video switcher. This thing is is uh, is from Radio Shack, and um, and you were able to actually plug video. And audio through RCA cables into it, and you could do video effects from one VCR, one VHS VCR to another one. And this is how I got started doing video production. Was this piece of equipment is fantastic? It was called an Archer Special Effects Switcher, model number 15-1274 that you could get from. And I don't think it has a date on it. You could probably look it up on eBay, but yeah, it's, it's it, yeah. There's all sorts of archive material in here, and and to think that, you know, I was doing everything on VHS back in in my in my early days, and then uh, then now you can, you know, you can have stacks and stacks of VHS tapes, and I used to have those, and I used to travel around with these boxes. I had more boxes of VHS tapes than I actually had clothes. And now it can go on a little hard drive like that. 
all of your VHS tapes like that. It's 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 amazing. And sometimes I pull that kind of stuff. What do you got there? I was gonna say I was gonna help you drive your point home. Here's an HDMI splitter. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Does the same yeah. thing. You can punch between multiple sources and look. It's <laughs> incredible. And that and thing costs you, it costs you twenty five dollars. James, I think you have found a new best friend here. This is pretty. I cool. know. <laughs> James is gonna come on every week. And we're just gonna talk tech. Is that okay? okay yeah, yeah, we, we could. We could. I, I, uh, and I have a new toy. Uh, this was more than that uh, $25 splitter I showed. But, uh, guys, I'm going to start controlling the show with this little guy. And I could just sit here punching buttons. I mean, tech is my friend. That's all I can say. Well, we we appreciate all of it, James. I mean, you guys, I'll tell you, from a technical standpoint in production, you know, we get a lot of, like, how are you doing this and, and what are you doing? You know, we, we, Magic. I've seen the yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen the transition from Google Hangouts, which ended. We were facing that for some time. They kept saying it was going to be this date and then that date and trying to come up with strategy, you know, and you really tapping into OBS software and, and really developing this show and getting the new roll out, the new graphics, roll out the new format. Um, it's it's just been really kind of amazing. I mean, before it was just a little get together show, then it became a little bit more, it became more of a production, more of live streaming things that are going on. There's a lot of uh, popular streams that we do, like with NASA and rocket launches. Uh, even just watching meteors, right? I mean, you know, one of our heavy hitting shows was just a, a black screen from, you know, aired from NASA with music. And you like the music the best. There. Oh, man, it was great. The music was good. But I mean, we had people chiming in all the way over to Hawaii that were watching that night. Yeah. So, you know, it was um, from coast to coast. It was it was great. And, you know, hats off to you. Hats off. I want to bring Jared Smith into this show tonight and mention him. Mm-hmm. He came on with us um, a couple of years back. He has helped with the production helped you out on the IT side. He's a, he's a really guru at this stuff. So from a production standpoint, it, there's a lot of technical aspects here that, that you guys work in the background that folks don't know about. And like, you know, some of us, I don't even know everything, what you do. I'll tell you what, I'm appreciative of that. I know for the other panelists here, we love what you do, James. I want to piggyback off what Shade's talking about because James won't do this to himself. Neither will Jared or Tim, but uh, Tim is responsible for producing the podcast and getting it out to all of the outlets. And um, we're really appreciative of that. Tim also helps arrange uh, what you guys don't see behind the scenes. We actually have a rundown. And so as we're talking about subjects, Tim will kind of take those subjects out and keep us on tap with our rundown. Um, Jared and, and James uh, really mastered this live streaming uh, product that we produce. It used to just be a, a YouTube, Google Hangout, and that was about it. Uh, but once uh, James and Jared really got into it, it really turned into a production. Uh, we've got uh, even, I, you, they even taught me, and if you know me really well, I'm not really that technological savvy, but uh, James was able to teach me the, the ins and outs of OBS. So I'm able to at least pop up some webcams if it's snowing in the mountains or if there's a beautiful sunset going on. So I'm just very appreciative. I know James and Jared and Tim have spent long, 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 long hours uh, making this product what it is. And he won't say it, but I'll tell you, we've had folks like Gary England contact us and say, hey, how do you do this? And so, uh, you know, that's um, that's a testament to what all they do. And uh, this show wouldn't be anything without without James and Jared and Tim. And so much appreciation to those guys. And Thank you guys for uh, making it all look good because um, it has really, as you know, Peter and Shay and myself, kind of the longer tenured folks before James and, and Jared got on. And like Shay said, it was just kind of just a little hangout and that was it. But they, we really got our, our, our game stepped up once, once these gentlemen got involved in, and really made it um, 
made it what it is today. So thanks to you guys. Also, also to Peter, don't forget Peter develops the yes. graphic for, yep. you know, folks send us their bios and then they also send us the picture. Well, yep. somebody's going to put the graphic at the picture so that we can get that out and, and, you know, kind of put it out there on everyone's radar to kind of tune in and, and have a nice picture. He's Peter, also a really good video that. editor, I might add. Yeah. Some mm -hmm. of those Chase Cation specials came straight from the field into Peter's inbox. Yeah. So yeah, Peter, you right. have you've done a great job. You know, even though you want Sherry Cinnabon with us, we yeah, <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> Sorry. Well, but, I, you know, I know we're, we're we got one more thing we want to talk about the community. Uh, but Shay was talking about this, uh, just the difficulties. You know, we were talking about James Spann. You know, we were a year into it and just kind of a little weather group, and uh, it's really, really cool to see how many folks um, we can reach out to in the weather community and. Uh, they will um, they'll come on our show with no questions asked. So uh, that is a great thing. We've uh, joined the Weather Podcast Awareness Month. That's really helped out. I'm really appreciative of all the other weather podcasts. And uh, it's just, um, you know, sometimes it was difficult to find guests and, and have, it's still difficult. 300 shows in, you're like. Scotty, if it's difficult, it. man, you don't, you don't let that show <laughs> because. Well, you are the uh, the master at, at booking guests. I mean, everyone plays a team role in trying to bring people on that they know or want to reach out to. But, I mean, you are the master of that schedule. Well, you know, it's just we, we have a great relationship. Shay was talking about earlier. And doing this has been a, a dream because not all of us are on TV. Like Evan was talking about, he wants to be more operational. But through this we're able to collaborate with so many folks in the weather industry and it's really brought us together. And sometimes you're like, how can we talk about hurricanes that we've not already talked about? So it's, it's kind of hard, you know, trying to make these shows a little bit different. So you guys don't get bored, but um, it, it's great. And we appreciate all of our guests um, who, who come on. So um, another thing that we're fun, we're able to do and something that's fun, James is being out in the community and not only being out in the Carolinas, but also helping communities uh, affected by natural disasters. Yeah, you know, you actually saw it earlier in our clip with Damon Lane as we were talking to him about his experience. That was in the immediate aftermath of Florence. And you'll remember we were on the air a lot for Florence. Um, and then continuing to scroll to the bottom of our screen, we were asking for American Red Cross donations and the like. And, uh, you know, you hopefully have um, seen similar examples of that either from us or other organizations that not only are storytelling and relaying important life-saving information, but then staying with the community afterwards and trying to clean up. And uh, we actually had an opportunity this was earlier this year, right? It feels like a lifetime mm -hmm. ago. Yeah. Um, where we had already booked a show weeks to months in advance to talk with some storm chasers. We had no idea at the time they were going to be um, at the center of this tornado outbreak that played out across the southeast. You may recall it was hit uh, one of the areas hit hardest was in Lee County, Alabama, just outside of Columbus, Georgia. So we brought them onto their show. They were telling us about their chase and their footage, their video, and the people they met. But we also were able to reach out to the local community. We actually were on that night on cable television in the area as they were continuing to uh, deal with the aftermath of this. We were able to push to community fundraisers and events that were taking place. Uh, WRBL Television was kind enough to share some of their content with us and even our friend chief meteorologist bob jeswald uh shared a few minutes of his time with us as well that night this past weekend 23 people lost their lives to tornadoes 
The storm system prompted 97 tornado warnings across four states. Seen here, divided up by local National Weather Service offices, the hardest hit areas were undoubtedly along the borders of Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. 97 tornado warnings is 97 times that countless communities sent themselves and their families to safe places. 34 of those tornadoes turned out to be the real thing. Badly injured and trapped by large trees and other debris, Jalen began digging out, helping his family and strangers, while his mother carried his injured brother and his auntie carried her injured daughter. I picked him up like a fireman carry over some trees and stuff, and um, that's when the guys, um, that's when the guy, um, he um, jumped out the truck with a chainsaw and he just started plowing through trees to make a path for my cousin and uh, me to bring the babies to him. And again, information on your screen, how you can donate financially in the greater Columbus area. And joining us now from Columbus, Georgia, is WRBL-TV's chief meteorologist, Bob Jeswald. Bob, we just watched the piece from your colleague, Elizabeth White. That is one of the most heartbreaking and touching pieces of television I've seen in a long time. How is the community doing? surprisingly is is doing um, as well as anyone can imagine it's amazing how everyone has come together as one I mean it's it's like everybody's family right now and and you know we revisit those moments they're they're not easy uh, but we wish we didn't have to do it at all but we are happy to be able to uh, advocate for those who are in need at those times and we again thank those local partners um, even in an event that its epicenter was not here in the Carolinas. The outpouring we saw from here in the Carolinas and beyond uh, was absolutely heartwarming. And uh, that's a testament to all of you at home who watch and listen. Uh, and so we thank you as well. I agree. That was uh, just a um, somber time. And uh, I think we had a few guest on later, uh, Stephen Schroeder being one of them, kind of talking about why that specific area really was hit hard. And uh, we continue to think of those folks who are still recovering from that event that happened earlier this year. Community events here locally don't always have to be sad and somber. And uh, we've had the opportunity to speak with uh, a lot of you in different locations. Uh, it's one of the things we like best about this show is uh, we're all spread out and we can be in your neck of the woods. Uh, we were in Gastonia. I, I can't believe this was actually the last summer. I thought it was this summer when I went to pull the clip. Uh, and we met a lot of you um, at the weatherproof event. And there are so many clips uh, that we could show from that day. But uh, one in particular uh, was with WBTV Television as they were taking us behind the scenes of how they do some of their weather coverage with their Storm 3 Storm Tracker vehicle. Let's take a look. Yeah, we're out here in front of uh, WBTV's uh, First Alert Storm 3. Yeah, so you want to take us, uh, show us what, what you guys do uh, with uh, Storm 3? Yeah, this was something that we brought online about a year and a half, two years ago uh, in a partnership with Scott Clark Toyota. It is a beautiful four-wheel drive, but we have set it up with um, incredible live capabilities to be out on the roadways and some interfaces with the weather equipment that we use back at the studio at WBTV. So, so we've got a complete setup here with a number of cameras on this truck. And this was put together by our engineering department. And then we've got what's called a live view unit. 
And this takes like five cellular cards and combines the signal that lets us get an HD signal uh, right back to the station and go live without having to park or set up and put a mast up into the air. And then if you move around here to the front, you'll notice that we've got HD cameras mounted on the roof. I'll step out of here just a little bit. You can see that it's a 360-degree 360 uh, pan-tilt camera that can be operated remotely from inside the vehicle to give us an HD camera view. We've got a lipstick HD camera mounted here on the dashboard with a light, so when we're in here live, it actually has a light on you to get a good picture. And then there's the forward-facing dash cam HD camera, and all of those can be controlled remotely by this storm cam switcher. So the meteorologist or reporter can actually be out driving live chasing a storm or going to a snow event or something like that and switch back and forth from the camera, camera on, on them, them to the camera in the dashboard or to the HD camera Stand up on the roof. Ah, nothing like giving a standby cue to the entire audience at home, but what is a 300th celebration if you don't get to hear at least some of my directing producing cues? Uh, we are also going to budget one of those for 2020. Uh, maybe a fleet of about six. Uh, we'll all take one. Uh, and we're really looking forward to it. We're looking for a sponsor. I think nothing screams storm danger like the Cinnabon Storm Chase Waffle House vehicle. So I'm just That's right. <laughs> planting that seed now. Fueled by PDQ chicken. <laughs> uh, but I think with that clip, we have come full circle. We started off tonight's broadcast talking about the many friends we've met along the way. Uh, we've come back out now talking about the role that weather broadcasting on TV and online play in the community and uh, most importantly, we wouldn't be able to do this uh, if it wasn't for you at home. And so we do uh, really much appreciate you not only entrusting us with weather information, but joining in our celebration, joining in our discussions each and every week because having you watch makes it all worth it. Uh, as we, believe it or not, draw upon the 10 o'clock hour, Shay Gibson looks like he's about to fall asleep, which I don't blame him. <laughs> No, I'm not falling asleep. I was actually uh, looking for any messages that came through on the live feed on my phone. So. Oh, working hard, guys. He's texting in class. <laughs> no, um, I want to I want to give our panel a chance uh, to share some of their uh, their thoughts uh, tonight. And uh, Shay, why don't we why don't we start with you? And uh, um, you know, I think you mentioned it earlier, and I'll just mention it again. But uh, you came on because of a referral from a colleague and a friend. And then you refer Jared Smith. So thank you for bringing him on. Very welcome. Yeah. And then we, you know, Jared has, he's great. He does Charleston weather here and he's, he's a very well-known individual. He's, he's won um, the city paper has, has, he's been nominated and won awards for um, being the best uh, Twitter account, I think for it. I mean, he has, he's developed bots to be able to do a lot of these uh, auto feed things in Twitter, which is really unique. So really, really good guy there. And then through that meeting with, um, you know, this college of Charleston, we got Evan on. So a couple of recruits there, but overall, I mean, I, I really just love the direction the show's going. If I, if I had to wrap up everything, I'd say let's continue on um, and, and keep, keep the shows coming. We have a lot of guests that would love to come on and a lot of folks that, that we've had on that we should get back on. Um, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, I could just go on name names. We're taking ideas. Yeah. If anyone's got so, a question, comment, concern, somebody they want to talk to. Sure, sure. I mean, as we dive in, we even do shows 
outside of weather. I mean, we've had earthquake, you know, we've had seismologists come on, you know, we had Stephen Jamais from College of Charleston come on with us. Um, you know, we talk about meteor tsunamis, we talk about all kinds of interesting things that, that apply to, you know, the env our environment and our weather, not just weather all the time. So we try to mix it up a little bit here and there. And it's just really unique, you know, getting back to the whole idea of being part of a big team where we're all scientists trying to just, you know, uh, not maybe not solve the puzzle, but just get a get get a good grasp of what's going on, uh, snapshots and time, and even looking at the long term. And that's what we're all here to do: is to understand our science better and understand what's what's occurring now and into the future. Um, everyone's really good at corroborating about information. We all we all see that on Twitter. That's where most of the activity goes on. But now we're seeing these other little platforms like Snapchat and. We joke about it. very real and we're, you know, we have to look at how we're going to do our social media and apply certain things in the future as well. I mean, even streaming media is starting to replace mainstream channels. You know, the syndicate syndicated channels are starting to stream now. So we're seeing a lot of the same themes go on. So we're, we're adapting with that as well. I think we're a little ahead of the curve on some of that just because we've been doing it for a little bit longer. But, you know, as we dive in further uh, and get more guests on and, and have their audience tunes into us and we just sort of share everything out, um, things will just get uh, more and, and they'll just get better and better for us in the long run. So yeah, hats off to the team guys. Thanks for everything. Well, speaking of getting better and better, I didn't get a chance to respond before and you guys had uh, some nice words to share, but uh, it's content. Content is king. And then that's what you guys as a, as a team bring to the table. Uh, everything else is just, is just button pushing. So um you know, I, I appreciate everyone's uh, perspective. We'll go around the horn uh, as Peter is now yawning, as drawing upon his bedtime. <laughs> Peter, I'm going to put you on the spot. And uh, and uh, in case the others haven't figured it out, I'm going to make everybody say something here as we uh, we wrap up and uh, uh, this uh, 300th episode. Peter? Yeah, and let me tell you, it's been a wild experience being on here since 2015. Um, I've learned so much about the Carolinas, never knew so much about it. Until I got on this show. Have you been uh, here be yet? I, no, still never traveled there well, you're yet. You're starting a GoFundMe page right uh, now. Please, yes. Everyone, please contribute. Is the um, bus okay? Train, bus, whatever. Um, <laughs> as long as I don't get mugged. Um, <laughs> what type of region do you think we're running here? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I've never been there. Uh, anyway, yeah, we're off topic. Um, we, but we yeah, totally learned... I will say we do not destroy our cities when we win championships. Yes. Oh. Philly. Um, You're pretty yes, close to I, Philly, so I'm just kind of looping you in. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, James. Sorry, you were saying um, something nice. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Food. We talked about food a lot on here. We've talked about everything on here, comparing New Jersey to Carolinas, we everything. So uh, the other thing is all the guests we've had on here, it's amazing the people we've had uh, like we've been mentioning James Spann and Gary England and just everybody around the country. Um, it's just crazy. Uh, the people we've talked to and what about uh, Larry Cosgrove? You're Larry, Larry Cosgrove. <laughs> we got to get Larry on here again soon. Uh, <laughs> he was a good one. If you guys remember that show from back in the day, um, but we've had amazing guests and uh, I just hope we can continue this, get more people on here and get some old ones back again. And I hope uh, the viewers have learned uh, a lot about the weather and just everything we've talked about. And uh, yeah, let's keep the show going and do a hundred more. Evan, you you met a guest that not yes. only was a great guest, yeah, but also bought us food, which is clearly the way to our hearts. 
Yeah, food is king here. Um, yeah, so Sid Sperry, he was a guest earlier this year. Honestly, I think one of the first guests that I was on the show with. Um, and during our chasecation, he took Scotty, um, Chris, and Ann and I out to dinner in downtown Oklahoma City. And it was just an absolute treat. It was wonderful sitting down with him and his wife, um, getting to chat, getting to um, just, you know, catch up on how life has been since that show. And it's really nice to, to meet not only our guests, but also our audience in the real world. Um, and I'm super thankful for that. And on the topic of giving thanks, um, I am so thankful for this podcast and for everyone here. Um, just because, uh, just because, sorry, internal chat, y'all, it's cracking me up. Um, I'll just go ahead and so put many, that on the screen. <laughs> so many opportunities for me to make connections as a college kid um, and to you know, better better my prepare myself for the professional world. Um, and I look forward to finally meeting all of you in person one day. I think I've got three down, three and to go. Peter is Definitely. clearly the tricky, although yeah. I've met Peter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lucky I'm you. I'm jealous. Yeah. Uh, well, college is a great place to uh, meet people, Mr. Pounds. <laughs> and, uh, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. And uh, we're happy to have you on and uh, spearheading our still recently new podcast uh, enhancements. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of the newest and I guess the quietest of the panelists. I appreciate you guys having me on, you know, um, as most of y'all have heard, most of my talents lie in post. I do a lot of editing after the fact and do some uh, substitute technical directing when life happens and James can't just be there. Week. And Yeah, just last week as well. So, um, yeah, most of my talents happen off air, but I feel really lucky to be here. And I say I have learned a heck of a lot about weather just since my short time of being here since August. And I think that's the key takeaway, and I hope you at home have uh, learned a whole lot, too, because we are here to be your advocate and have a conversation with folks, but we're learning alongside of you, and hopefully we're never embarrassed to ask a, what might be a stupid question or might not be a stupid question. Really, there are no stupid questions. So uh, we appreciate uh, you letting us be that voice, and Scotty, I appreciate uh, you and Ricky and everyone who's laid this foundation Somewhere along the way, you made the horrible decision to invite me on, uh, but I uh, really do appreciate the, the opportunity, and especially between my time working in TV, I personally um, found this to be a, uh, a great niche to, as my wife likes to say, hear me talk. So with that, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let you say your piece, and then I want to let you do uh, what you do each and every week for 299 episodes and counting. Take us home. Scotty. Well, do thank you, James. And I want to say a big thank you to all of your families uh, for allowing them or allowing you to spend uh, every Wednesday night with us uh, here on the Carolina Weather Group. We want to thank you, the followers and the listeners. Um, thank you for spending time with us. And as James said earlier, thank you for trusting us. Uh, my little short bit is I just want to thank all of you guys who helped make this pop uh, possible. Um, this has uh, grown into something way bigger than I ever thought it would be. Uh, I think it was uh, James Spann who said earlier, I, they didn't think it would last. And at times I didn't think it would last, but uh, here we are, 300 shows, and we're looking forward to hopefully another 300 more to come. I know as we come into the new year, we may be changing up a few things. We may not be on air as often, uh, but we still plan to be here and give you the uh, the latest in information with weather and interviews. So 
as I always say, if you have any potential guests that you would like us to reach out to, any topics, please let us know. We'd love to do that. I want to thank you guys for allowing me. This is my little outlet. Um, I know I look forward to every Wednesday night uh, getting together with my friends here and uh, and you guys who are all watching us, my friends as well. I, I appreciate um, everyone's um, effort and time. My Siri just said she's not sure who my friends are. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know, we know who they are. But uh, but um, you know, just appreciate all of that and appreciate you guys um, spending your time with us. And uh, uh, it's been fun, and we hope to continue to do it. And uh, it's it's like I said, it's an outlet for me because I could talk weather all the time, and I know that I have a great group of friends here uh, that we can all talk to weather. We uh, we all generally, I feel like, get along really well. Um, you know, we all we all pitch in and do what we need to do to make this thing work, and that's the biggest thing. It's it's not about one single person; it's this whole team that is able to bring this to you. So, with that, thank you, everyone on the panel, current panel, previous panel members. Thank you for that, guests. Thank you for coming on. Um, we appreciate it, and we'll probably be knocking on your door asking you to come back on the show again. But uh, we're gonna wrap up show number two hundred or two hundred ninety nine, I guess three hundred now. Next week is show 301, and we have Dr. Douglas Miller on with us from the University of North Carolina, Asheville. We're going to be talking about Northwest flow and Northwest flow snow that the mountains of North Carolina has already seen. And uh, we look forward to having that conversation. And then we're going to take a little break for Thanksgiving. So uh, for all of us here at the Carolina Weather Group, thank you, thank you, thank you for making this possible. We couldn't do it without you. And we look forward to bringing you 300 more shows in the coming years. Everyone have a great night. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here next Wednesday night for another episode of the Carolina Weather Group.